0: Hello, Texans! Game day eve here at NRG Stadium in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio, and things are buzzing around the building as the Texans start the preseason tomorrow night against the New Orleans Saints. I can't wait! Saints moving their stuff in as we speak. Very cool stuff, Johnny. You ready? Of course. You've been ready for weeks and uh, months. This
1: is come on, man! I, I look for we go through our training camp. So I kind of break things up. I try and compartmentalize them in my brain if I can. Like our Texas training camp live shows, training camp practices, all my observations, all the film watching, like all they just have like little compartments in my brain. And there's one over here of the three of us getting back together to do the radio Mm broadcast and how much fun that is in NRG Stadium. That'll happen on Saturday night. Just absolutely pumped. I'm excited to see the Saints too. I always like, what does the other team have? Yeah. We know this team inside and out, but how about the Saints? Are we going to see everybody? Probably not, but maybe get a chance to share a second with Tyra Matthew, um, who I got a chance, when he was in Kansas city, I got a chance to see him for a couple of the games there. And it was always nice to see him. So seeing the saints will be, you know, be fun. And of course the saints have plenty of fans here in the area. My, my former uh, neighbor was a big, big saints fan. And of course, when I got back, late, <laughs> I got back late. Remember 2019, we played a Monday night. We get back, not too, too late, but I got late. I pulled it into the driveway and, he and his wife were outside smoking cigars and celebrating a Saints win. I just was like, oh, this is the one time I don't want you as neighbor. So that'll be fun for the Saints fans to be in
0: here on Saturday night. Was too. she smoking a cigar? Because I think she was. The, uh, he was. Sp- I don't remember if she was. Female smoking a cigar is um a rarity of sorts, it's a but power I like move. It. I like it. It's a power, power move. move. Yeah, that's a flex move for Very sure. Nice. Okay. Also a flex move is Lovey Smith existing. He exists, and that's his flex move. The head coach of your Houston Texans pregame interview. I visited with him, Coach. Before we get into the game itself, leading up to this one, you had that Thursday night game simulation type practice. How did that go? How do you feel preparation has gone for the preseason opener?
2: I think preparation, Mark, has gone well throughout all throughout training camp situations when we we wanted to get things in. A part of the preparation, though, final preparation is our mock game that we have before the and the mock game. Consists of, you know, some young players never been in an NFL game. Just what you do on game day. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about pregame routine, our pregame warm up routine that we go through, how what we do at the half, and then situations on the field. You know, we went through about as many kicking situations as we can, and first, second, third, our game planning that we'll be using for this game.
0: Besides winning what constitutes success in a preseason game? I know you want to win every game you play, but what else defines it as being successful?
2: Well, you do want to win every game you play, but it's, it's so much bigger than that. Everything we're doing in the preseason is to prepare for the regular season. Indy's coming into town. But for us, uh, you know, training camp, there's not a lot of live work that mm-hmm. we do nowadays. Numbers just won't allow us to do it. So what we would like to do as a coaching staff is see guys – Finish plays. Mm -hmm. And and I'm talking about uh, quarterbacks throwing the balls when you know that the opponent can sack you. Uh, A lot of times, you know, linebackers and safeties, defensive players say, hey, I had him with that tackle. Finishing plays. That's what the preseason is about. We have a a starting rotation, but the depth chart doesn't really start to really mean anything until you play against someone else. Sunday's depth chart would mean a lot more than Saturday's depth chart.
0: Coach Davis Mills, we're going to see him a bit. Then Jeff Driscoll probably yeah. for a, a lot of playing time. What are you expecting from the offense led by Driscoll in this situation with no Kyle Allen available?
2: Well, you know, during the season, there's, you know, uh, injuries happen. So we could be in this situation. You just never know. So you prepare that way. But normally our third-team quarterback does not get an opportunity to get As many plays as he would like. Mm -hmm. I know Jeff is really excited about playing and it's good for us to see him. We're gonna run our our offense and uh, to see him run it and and you know whether it be running, throwing passes, whatever, just that part is what we're excited about.
0: Do you look at the Saints at all prior to this game just to see a few things that they do? How do you approach that?
2: I mean very little. We don't game plan a lot in the preseason. Second preseason game, uh, we'll do a little bit more in third, but first preseason game, no, we moved to um, to the Saints uh, mm-hmm. last night a little bit. Yeah, so we're not going to watch an off lot, but it's about what we do more so than about the opponent at this stage. Coach, thanks a lot. Good luck anytime at all. Take care,
0: Johnny. He's ready. You know, we had the TV production meeting today for the ABC thirteen broadcast yep. tomorrow with Kevin Kugler, Spencer Tillman. Drew Doherty on the sideline. J. Joe's going to appear in the third Mm -hmm. quarter as well. And then we're going to bring him up to the radio booth to say hello for a few minutes because that's fun. You know, he's here. So might as well get him on the air and have some fun with Jonathan Joseph. Anyway, but Lovey in the production meeting was terrific. You just sense the years of experience. He's been through it all. And he's about as pumped as anybody for a preseason game. You want to get fired up for a preseason game? Lovey Smith. He's ready for this one and eager to see everybody play. All right, let's go over some things here. No Kyle Allen. That means Davis Mills does start, but he's not going to play forever. So you get a big, healthy, heaping dose of Jeff Driscoll. And you and I have talked about him. He's having a sort of sneaky good camp. I know he had the tight end conversion last year, but back at quarterback, he's done some things. What an opportunity for Jeff Driscoll in this game tomorrow to really get things going for himself.
1: Yeah, and he'll see a lot of time. I mean, it's not going to be quite Joe Webb-esque like it was up in 2019 yeah. when uh, A.J. McCarron busted his hand and you weren't going to play Deshaun, so Joe Webb went the entire way. I don't think it'll be that, but it's going to be close. Yeah, It's going to be awfully close uh, in that regard because I don't really, in all honesty, want to see Davis any more than two series. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the first series is a 7-8 to eight series uh, play series and it ends up with points, that might be enough for me. Yeah. That might be enough to say, let's put let's put it up. Now, if for some reason he goes 0 for three on that drive, and it's just the running game that's gashing him and that's how they get the score, then maybe I come back with him with the second drive, kind of get him a couple completions under his belt, and then just that's it. And then wrap him up, get him ready to go to LA, get some workout in LA, and then figure out what you're gonna do for game three. I I don't remember last year's game three against the Bucks. I feel like it was A
0: Davis Mills joint?
1: I feel like it was a game four type situation like it been. I I don't remember game three much, but point being I I think Brady played. I do yeah, that's true. Oh man. Remember the first series? I do remember this now. The first series, they had slowed him down. The second series, he went to work. Oh yeah. He had that one tremendous drive. drive. He just went zip, zip. And he was not really going. NASCAR tempo, but he was going a little bit faster. I do remember that. Yeah, he's oh, like,
0: I man. need a little work here, so wow. let's go. And Taylor- he made it fast, too, because he going up tempo, it, it went quick. He was out of there in about two and a half minutes. Texans played their guys. Cooks played. Tyrod then, Taylor played. Yeah. Britt played. I mean, I, obviously, Taylor is with the New York Giants now. I don't think you're going to see Britt tomorrow. We'll see, but I think they're going to rest a bunch of guys. Not yeah. everybody, but some players who it's not just that hey, you know, I don't want to see them get hurt, but these are veteran players. I believe some veteran guys will get a little bit of a rest. Uh, Coach talked about Derek Stingley last night, right? Yeah. I mean, why? Why press it, right? You've got a couple of games to get him going. Sure. And take it from there. And remember, you open four weeks from now against the Indianapolis Colts. And I think that uh, it's great to see Mills out there a little bit. But don't turn it over. Play clean. And, Johnny, I'm as fired up as anything to see this defense tomorrow. Yeah. I want to see all layers. I don't care who's in who's out. I want to see how the defense performs. You know, usually with me, you'd be saying, oh, he only cares about offense and the missing <laughs> game, and that's all he <laughs> wants to see. No, I want to see this defense <laughs> go to work. I'll, I'll be like you, looking forward to get them getting back out of the field to see if they can make stops.
1: Yeah, I, the defense is – I don't want to say defense ahead, the offense, all that kind of stuff, but second year, second year in this system. But I just think on that defensive side of the ball, they have added some really impressive athletes. Uh, Obo Okoronkwo, Rasheem Green, they have added some real athletes. Play Cashman, linebacker. I wrote my Daily Brew today, and essentially I took a look at each position. I tried to pinpoint, okay, I don't know that these guys might play so that's going to put the highlights on these guys and kind of highlighting a guy at each or a guy or two at each position to watch. And I think defensively, I'm I'm excited about Rasheem Green. Obviously, Blake Cashman has been really good, and the linebackers have been a little bit banged up. I don't know about Wallow and Christian Harris has practiced for about a week, so I don't think we'll see him. But in the secondary, the group that I'm most excited to see, really. Excited and nervous, anxious, I guess, is uh, are the corners that are not named Stephen Nelson and Derek Stingley. Tremont Smith, I think, has had a really good camp. I think Fabian Moreau has had some moments where he's been very, very good. Kendall Sheffield is just working himself back into the mix. Uh, and then you got Jacoby Francis, the rookie out of Memphis, who has shown some good things at times. Those guys
0: at corner beyond Stephen Nelson and Derek Stingley will definitely have my attention for sure. Can't wait to see them play. Also following action around the league this weekend. There's going to be a lot of talk radio topics after the games are played. I know there are games tonight, obviously. Mm -hmm. There are some games that people are looking at very closely. Duval County. And there's also a bunch of stuff tomorrow, of course. And then we'll get a short week because Mm -hmm. Monday is going to be Wednesday. Wednesday. Oh, no. Yes, it's Are coming. Are to do it? Yeah. Do Not it. that tomorrow is Sunday because it's Saturday, but it's more like a Sunday on a regular Sunday because you get a Monday, Wednesday, and then the following Friday is a Sunday. Right. And your travel day, which is normally a Saturday, is going to be next Thursday. Right, but you're going to finish the game. That
1: starts on Friday. Actually, on a Saturday, so then when you say tomorrow is Sunday, then you play Thursday, which is actually going to feel like a Sunday, and then the season starts all over oh, at Oh, that that's point. good.
0: This is who's on first for sure. <laughs> I like this a lot. I was like, if, if you're going to tango, I'm going to dance too. Okay. All right. I know. Yeah. You never used to dabble in the game day week It confuses week me so much. And now you are. All right. What else are we looking at? I think it's pretty clear. Play clean get a turnover or two if you can yeah. and walk out of there healthy learn something about the football team success
1: who's the one player you are most excited to see most excited to see. that we think we're going to see and you can't say Davis Mills which you know that you cannot mm-hmm. say Davis
0: Mills uh Petrie
1: yeah i don't think we're going to see Petrie for too long too no
0: i mean it. i think he's going to i think he's going to play but I don't think we're going to see him for all, for all that long, to be honest. I would like to see Chris Moore play a big chunk of this game. Yeah, okay? I think he, I think he will. Maybe be a, good a couple one. of the other young receivers. We've been talking about Johnny Johnson, mm-hmm. who's been making some I noise out there. It, yeah. And, of course, uh, when you look at the Stanford product. Connor Weddington. Yeah, Davis Mills and Connor Weddington with uh, Cardinal Chemistry, although I doubt they're in the game together at the same time tomorrow. We've seen them practice with the same right. unit in camp. You never know. Yep. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Brevin, Nico, you know, the huge, I want to see those guys, but again, I want to see the defense do some damage here, get some turnovers. The guys up front, you know, we talk about all the D linemen they have and all the linebackers. Mm-hmm. They want to get a long look at these linebackers, everybody in the yeah. front seven, who's not even on the bubble necessarily, but guys who are not locks to yep. make the team. Can you rise up? Can you solidify your position? We'll see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think on the offense line, it feels like they have about four or five guys that can play at center, so I don't know if Justin Britt's going to play. My guess is no. But they have some dudes, Jimmy Morrissey and Justin McCray and Scotty Quisenberry, that can all play center. So I think all those guys will get reps at center. I'm excited to see Austin Deculus at our uh, offense tackle. Oh, yeah. I think he's at a really, really good camp. I think he has been – I don't want to use the word exceptional, but I mean for a rookie kind of learning the ropes – He's been more impressive in person than he was at the Texas. And look, the Texas Bowl was kind of an odd duck as it was because half LSU's team wasn't even there. But just seeing him in camp, I'm like, boy, he's really – just everything about him has improved. Everything's quicker, faster, a little twitchier. So I'm excited to see Deculus. I don't know how much Titus will play, but this should give a lot of, a lot of reps to Deculus to Charlie Heck out um, at tackle. And look, the biggest thing, what you want to come out of there, and you know this, you just want to be healthy. Absolutely. You healthy. want to play well, but you want and you want some coaching moments. Like, mm. hey, these are teaching moments
0: that we can have with these guys. But we want to come out of there healthy. If you can get those three things to come out of there, you're going to feel pretty good. All right, Monday morning, looking forward to Texans Monday, 8 to 10 AM as we recap some of the game. We'll have Andre Ware on for a visit and the general John McLean. But next, a special visit. Andre in studio, Andre Ware. We get the broadcast crew together. It's coming up next here on Texans Radio. It's Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Very busy this week getting ready for the opener, but Johnny and I took some time to visit with an old friend and somebody we've been working with for a long time, in my case, 20 years. Okay, Andre Ware joining us in studio right now. First of all... How's the offseason been? <laughs> what
3: can you tell off us? has gone too quick, but uh, here we are, and the fun's about to start. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to a, a good, prosperous, long NFL and college season.
0: Yeah, college season, you do a lot for that, oh, yeah. ESPN. This time of year has to be really interesting because you have the Texans to get ready for, and you have... Every college team you're going to broadcast. Do you have your assignments yet,
3: or is it a vague idea? How does that work? I've got the first two, I think. I'm at New Mexico State against Nevada. Nevada coming to Las Cruces. And then the that's week zero. Week one, that the 27th of August, is considered week zero. And then Jeez. we get into the real meat of the schedule. <laughs> week Week zero. one with a trip to Michigan State. So Ooh. the first two I know. And then it's pretty easy to kind of pick or figure out which one's after that. Having the Friday night package again. So I was sitting there with my fingers crossed. When the assignments came down, I knew I was on Friday nights again. I could breathe a little easier. Michigan State Mel Tucker. Yeah. That guy is, I don't know if I mean, I don't know if you know him,
1: Dre, but he's a really impressive guy. I mean, really impressive. He and a few of his Michigan State Spartans went down to Selma, Alabama, went across mm-hmm. the Pettus Bridge, and I saw a thing that Michigan State did on him, and I just thought. It's a really interesting guy. I mean, he's been around. He's done a lot of different things, college, NFL. Man, Michigan State hit on the right guy for sure. Yeah,
3: they did. And they kind of, you know, he he kind of gets it. He's, he spent some time, obviously, with Coach Saban and, yep. and kind of learning the Alabama ways. And he kind of incorporated that once he got to Michigan State. He knows the lay of the land there as well. And I thought, you know, for a, a, the first uh, breakthrough season for Michigan State, yep. uh, he, he's, he's done a heck of a job.
0: All right, when we get on the air Saturday night, we'll talk a lot more about the Texans, but let's talk about the Texans. So (laughs) you've been out of practice, and it's year two for Davis Mills. So what should be happening for him processing-wise, execution-wise? Because this time of year, last year, was a little rough for him in training camp at times, rookie. Mm -hmm. And now he's played... Here he is going into his sophomore season. What are you thinking?
3: Yeah, I think all the things that should be happening for him are happening. Which you know, you you're coming back to a, an offense where there's some foundation, so that gives you a chance as a second year quarterback and, and having Pep there and who was his quarterback coach last year now in the offensive coordinator's chair makes it makes it a ton easier for Davis Mills. So you're you're starting to see anticipation. You're starting mm-hmm. to see you know. Uh, chemistry with wide receivers even though a lot of them are new he has had some of them in this building where you can read body language where a guy's going to break a route off what's he going to do against press coverage how he gets himself open all those things that make you a better quarterback you're starting to see that along with the anticipation and body language is a totally different deal this year as well you're not seeing him really think his way through it uh it's just reactionary skills and then getting the ball out, which is how exactly this point in the season you want to see him playing.
1: Drew, I think everybody in the stands will have somebody that they're watching, but the group that always stands out for preseason games are rookies. Mm -hmm. Thinking back to your first preseason game as a rookie, how much pressure did you feel? What do you remember about playing in your first preseason game? (laughs) And what lessons do you think Texans rookies can take from that?
3: Yeah, I was nervous as all get out. And then uh, I think it was in Kansas City. We go there, and I actually threw a touchdown pass to James Wilder, my first mm. first game. What a in. name! James But uh, yeah, Wilder. James Wilder of all yeah. people. I, a little uh, route nine sixty out of the backfield, and I hit him, hit him going in. But uh, you're nervous. You're nervous as all get out as a rookie. You don't know what to expect. You've gr- grown up watching a lot of these guys that you're yep. you're getting ready to face or that you see warming up and and are going to participate in a game against you. I may line up against this guy if you're in a certain position. But uh, quickly, you shake all that off after you get your bell rung once or <laughs> twice, and you just start to play. But uh, it, it's, it's, it's a game that is a lot faster than you expect it to be. Even in the preseason. And even in the preseason. It's going to be faster than any college game you've ever played in. And then it gets faster, uh, even even more so when the regular season starts.
0: Yeah, is that what they mean when the game slows down for him? Yeah. You just start to see it better? You process yeah, it better? You see it
3: better. You anticipate a little better. You learn to play faster, and you learn to play faster with in terms of uh, not so much saving your body, Mm-hmm. but you know what type level of shape you need to get in to play at that speed for an entire 16, 17-week schedule now.
1: Okay, I got one for both of you guys. I've been thinking about this one for a while, and we're going to take Davis Mills out of this conversation. Okay. Who is the absolute one person that has to play 17 games, or there about 16, 17 games for the Texans this year? Mm. Absolutely, without a doubt, for this team to be successful – this player cannot, for any reason, have so,
3: anything happen. Let me ask you this before we. No, we Davis dive Mills, because he's obviously important. But but Davis Mills has to be taken into this equation. So we're saying that he's playing all 17 yeah, games. Davis he's all automatically games. All okay. Yeah, okay. So Just so take for him me, out
1: of the equation. He's good, healthy. We're good to yeah. go. What player is arguably the most indispensable you've got to have for 17 weeks?
3: I watched the offensive line mix and match last year to a point where they could still run the football and still be serviceable up front with changes, a bunch right. of changes. So we saw that. That's usually the first place I go, but I'll go Brandon cooks mm-hmm. because of what he gives in terms of production. Uh, not the biggest guy, probably the fastest guy, yep. but uh, what he means, cause he's a 1000 yard walking machine. He just seems to spit out 1000 yard res- seasons every single year, no matter who the quarterback is. A couple of them last year, and he still gets to 1,000 yards. So, yeah. for me, it's Brandon Cook. Well,
0: Mark? I think they can have some success, and however we want to define that is another conversation, without having everybody available other than the quarterback for 17 mm-hmm. games. I think it would really help to have Petrie available for 17 games. Totally. Okay? Yeah. Because Petrie, to me, and Dre, I've been talking about this on the air. I get a... In a safety sense, a D'Amico Ryan's kind of vibe Mm -hmm. from him. You know, the way D'Amico was an instant leader at the linebacking core when he was a rookie in 06. I get that feeling in the secondary with Petrie Mm -hmm. and that he can really be one of those guys on defense. I'm also really encouraged by what I'm seeing by Stingley, by the way, out of practice lately because it just continues to rise for him. But I think Petrie would be one – I do like the Cooks pick, although they beat the Chargers without Cooks, but that's a lot to ask for. Cooks mm-hmm. is so valuable, and I'm looking at this receiving core. No Mechie. We wanted yeah. to see what he could do, yep. so that's a pretty good pick.
1: I was going to say Stingley.
0: Okay. Just
1: looking at the corners. Stingley, or you could say even Steven Nelson. I just think those two corners have to be on on the field. I think some guys behind them have done some things. Tremont, I think, has had a really good camp. Um but Kenner Sheffield's been banged up. He just go back and practice on, on Wednesday, today, whatever day this is. Um, and I just don't know that I trust all the depth behind them. But what I've seen from Stingley is every single day, it's getting to a point where you see th- that's a dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you see him and you go, that's that's a dude. We cannot go without that particular guy for a 16 17. We've got we to have that guy. we we'll go with that. And the thing is that we haven't brought up the offensive line I mean, last year, I was almost going to say Titus Howard because if something happened to Laramie, Titus could go to left
0: tackle. Yeah, so, but would they do that? Would they move him over? Let's say it's a I think game or would. two.
1: If if it's a game or two, no. But if it looked like, okay, this Six might weeks. be a longer yeah. one, then yeah, I think I think Titus would, would maybe mm-hmm. go over to the other side. So I thought about Titus, thought about Laramie, but I think in the end, slowing down the offenses they got to face, in particular, AFC West. If they don't have Stingley
0: and Nelson on the field, it will, mm-hmm. wow. Oh, Up. Uh, we have Dre here, so we talk about the AFC South a lot, but your thoughts on what the Colts might look like with Matt Ryan. They're the opening day opponent. Here we go. You know the Texans remember last year. Well, I'm hoping the Colts do, and they're kind of like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be no problem. We'll see.
3: Anyway, your thoughts on that mix. I think the Colts were the only team that, in my opinion, they got better um, in the mm. division in the offseason by the addition of Matt Ryan. They get, they get consistency there. At that position, God, I'd love to see Wentz back <laughs> <Basically> <laughs> twice a year. But uh, but with, with Ryan, they get some consistency at the position. They are talented everywhere else around him. Who knows what T.Y. is going to do in terms of you know how much they utilize him mm-hmm. uh, from from an, a receiver standpoint. But they've got backs. They're going to run it with Taylor. Uh, he's one of the best, I'd say, top two or three backs in the league right now. And we know what he he's capable of doing. So you add that piece at quarterback – then it becomes a special group and we know defensively they're going to they're going to meet every challenge. Uh don't feel that way about Tennessee. I think that was a knee jerk decision to to make the trade of AJ Brown right. to Philadelphia um and drafting Willis. And then drafting Willis, you know, you, you think you're you're replacing a, a a type of player and we just talked about speed of the game. It it happens so fast for receivers, and it's, you're, you're going you're to try to insert a younger receiver to, to replace Brown. Not going to happen this year. Mm. So there's going to be a drop off. They get Derrick Henry back. That's always a tough chore. Mm. But you know, I think you know some defenses they're going to see a lot of eight man boxes when you can't soften it up with somebody on the outside like an AJ Brown. And then um, with Jacksonville, yeah, they've got some components back. Uh, they get a running back back that was out. ATN um, ATN from last year, who was out all season long. I don't know that you know it's going to make much of a difference within the division. So I think it's there. A um, lot of young, a lot of youth from uh, three of the four teams that are in the division, mm-hmm. and then the Colts obviously being the more experienced.
1: Sneakier hot team in 2022, Baltimore with Lamar coming back or Philadelphia
3: with Channel View's Jalen Hurts at quarterback? I think Philadelphia. I would go Philadelphia. I like Philadelphia, too. Baltimore's kind of been on the – I don't know that they would surprise anybody. They've kind of been knocking. Maybe with with Hollywood Brown now in Arizona, and they're doing some things if they're able to sneak through and maybe make a a Super Bowl appearance. But from what Philadelphia has done this offseason, we just talked about A.J. Brown. Yep. And you, know, you talk about the running backs, that room, the the other receivers that they they brought in, Devonte, tight ends yeah. to to surround Jalen Hurts with, and then another year in a system for Hurts and being the starting quarterback. That's a scary thought. I, I actually picked them to win the NFC East this year. Wow. I could see
1: it. I I think that that could absolutely happen. Yeah. And if Jalen doesn't take the strides, it could also be seven and ten. I mean, that yeah. could happen for any team, but. I think Baltimore, Baltimore in the AFC North is a team that I look at and think, "Boy, if Lamar's healthy. If Lamar, if Lamar's healthy, I think he changes that that entire division and yeah. maybe the AFC as a result of he's healthy."
3: I mean, you could flip a coin in that division this year, Pittsburgh, without Ben Roethlisberger yeah. or, or a what's going to happen there incumbent at quarterback. Trubisky's Cleveland, got who the knows lead. What's going on? Yeah, you exactly. know, who plays quarterback for Cleveland yeah. starting the season? Um, Cincinnati. Joe Burrow sitting some time out here early in camp, and do they get off to the start that, that they need to, to make another uh, playoff, maybe Super Bowl run? So it's, it's kind of a toss of the coin, flip of the coin in that division. Mark and I were talking about this a little bit, when, and we both know how
1: much – I mean, we've all talked about Matt Stafford, and mm-hmm. I think Matt Stafford for a long time didn't get a lot of credit he deserved because he's playing Detroit, they weren't going to playoffs – uh, they weren't getting to that level that maybe we thought his talent could Anyway. I think he, he got credit,
0: but not the opportunity. Right. right.
1: I think there's a difference. Then he gets the I opportunity, think, and yeah. he started to get a little bit more credit going to the ramps. However, you've played that position, and we are and not in that, in, <laughs> that, in that
0: city. In that city. Right. Bobby Lane. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: the elbow. I worry about that because he has such a strong arm that puts such torque on his elbow if you're dealing with anything elbow-wise, Dre, how
3: tough is that playing at this level with anything going on it's with the elbow? elbow, shoulder? T- it's tough. It's tough because it, it's not a uh, a sport where they can where you can afford to just kind of shut it down for a number a number of yeah. weeks and you're not in the playoffs right. anymore. Right. Right. So if he gives them the best option to win and he feels like he can get it done on any given day of the week that you're playing on from Thursday through Monday, then he's going to line up and play whether it's you know a shot. Oral Medicaid, whatever it is, he's going to mm-hmm. try to get through it. And at that point, you run a, a career risk hmm. in, in trying to push through something like that. It's yeah, t- It's going to be tough.
0: Did you ever have elbow
3: problems? On, no, I haven't. But okay. uh, Knock on wood because you're still A lot of throwing. ice, a <laughs> lot of prevention, a lot of uh, massage, all of that stuff that you, you need to, to have hmm. to try to get through it from week to week.
0: What about Baker and Carolina? See, this is a team that I think could – I'm not saying they're going to go to the playoffs. I just even. don't
3: see Baker beating out uh, Sam Darnold. Ooh. I, I was watching some stuff on them yesterday and last night and uh, through their camp, and I just don't see it. Darnold looks like he, you know, the, what you look like at the position for me. Right. Well, remember what he looked like here
0: on that Thursday night. It looked really good. Yeah. Right? Early on last yeah. year, it looked really good, and then and it's it, early on. It
3: may be just what he needs to have somebody come in and push him because he's never really had that. Even in, with the Jets, mm-hmm. he was a, the guy right away, and then he goes to Carolina. He's the guy right away. Now he's got he's to compete for it. And Interesting. I think he's, they're going to get the best out of him. Jay, I, don't know, I don't know if we've had a chance
1: to talk about this. I just made me think about that. because I don't even want to tell you how my brain went there, but I was <laughs> thinking about – Darnold with the Jets and the quarterback that he was next to and how that guy was rumored to be the head coach but then the Texans hired Lovey Smith as the head coach. Very, I don't want to say mild-mannered, but guy's been around, he's seen some things. does not fly off the handle. It just feels like as Marcus called it, kind of good vibes. Mm-hmm. How much does that matter to a football team to kind of have that sort of demeanor around well, it?
3: Well, it matters a bunch, but what really matters is that the team likes the coach. They want to play for the coach. Um, they respect the coach because of what his what his resume brings, and so with that you get you get all that with Lovey Smith. You talk, you listen to some of these defensive guys and how they talk about their how they loved working with Lovey last year, yeah. and how they're looking forward to coming back and playing for him as a head coach. That's a tremendous amount of respect, um, and I I just think they th- that bleeds into all aspects of the team, the organization, everybody that that uh, touches this football team in some way, shape, or form. Uh, There's a calming in that, that you know you have a leader that has done it before and had a great deal of success and knows how to treat people, knows how to get a team ready to play. And I think he feels he checks every one of those boxes.
0: Well, I like that you brought up the defense. The fact that you have the same system, same coordinator. Mm -hmm. You know, I was talking with Kevin Pierre-Lewis, same linebacker coach for him, Mm -hmm. right? You have the secondary situation, very similar So, Johnny, you rate how many sizzle fires this hot take has. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. Ready? Defense finishes. If the off, if there's a little disclaimer. No,
1: no, 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 no. You just have to
0: make the hot take. (laughs) Hot take rules are you just say it. No caveats. No (laughs) asterisks. No asterisks. You just have to say it. This defense will finish 16th or better. That's like a two and a half. That's a two and a half sizzle fire. That's a two and a half sizzle fire.
3: Look. You're going way over my head with sizzle fires, but I, I'm going to try to hang <laughs> in that's, there. Our,
1: that's our new ranking system for hot takes. You make a hot take, for example, I think that the Detroit Lions. On a scale Lions, of what? Watch, one to five. Okay. I think the Detroit Lions are going to the playoffs. That's my hot take. That's What's five. The, that's five sizzle fires. <laughs>
0: That's five sizzle fires, right? That so is, that is, that's Close to one is the, be- the best. No, no, no close to one is, is like, it's not that outrageous yeah, one a is thought. Just five is outrageous. Outra- oh, Yeah, yeah. hot a, take is too hot to handle. Right. No <laughs> okay. doubt. Yeah, that's a five. Although, you know, it's funny because Jared Goff went to a Super Bowl and. Not only did they have him in their building, they rewarded him with a huge contract, right? Because they really thought he was the guy. And then they said, you know what? He's not really the guy, so yeah. let's make a trade for Stafford. And credit to them, they made the trade, won the Super Bowl. So Aiden Hutchinson, Jamison Williams, if they can start, if they can just,
1: I don't know. I just think they're building a little something. I'm not, I'm not believing they're going to the playoffs just yet. But I just think they're they're going to get things going. And Dan Campbell, is he's kind of interesting as a former player. Dre, when you had coaches that were former players, did it matter more that they played because they've been there, they can say, hey, man, I know what you're going through. I empathize with you. I know training camp's hard. Did that did that matter to you as a former player that you had a coach that was a former player that had been through it like you?
3: I think so. Um, I don't know that I had many that were... I don't know that I had a whole lot that actually played the position of quarterback. Yeah. But um, it, it matters because... From a standpoint of if they used it and used it in the right way, sometimes players get sick of hearing, (laughs) uh, you know, well, I did it this way and such and such. And and you just don't want to hear that. But I I can tell you from the standpoint of being at the University of Houston, it mattered to every player that we had a pro coaching staff, that we had pro coaches Mm. that had been in on the professional level at some point or another. Yep. And they understood how to take care of us as players. So you know that that's the benefit of having a guy that, as a decision maker that has been a been a player himself.
0: Did Jack Pardee ever tell
3: Junction Boys stories? <laughs> no, I don't remember that one. <laughs> I don't remember if he did. But yeah. you know, and you rarely heard Coach Party say that, you know, talk about his, his uh his playing career. Right. He just he just commanded respect by just the individual he was. Okay, how are the Cougs going to be this year? Training? I think they've got a chance to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Really good. Some good young receivers. Um, Tank Dell is back. Yeah. Uh, God, I wish that the young running back was – Oh, was McCaskill. In McCaskill, yeah, my McCaskill. goodness. But Paired with Woo. that receiving core, and then Clayton Toon now is a fifth-year senior coming back. They they got a chance to be pretty good. And they're going to have some pieces on the defensive side. Mouton yeah, is yeah, back yeah. as well. They're gonna be all right. Preach that defense. That defense got yeah. some ball.
1: Wait, players. is he related Ooh. to
0: former Mark and Andre Morning Show caller Mouton? No, I think it's <laughs> Mouton. Okay, okay. The it's I Oh, it's a, a little mutant. bit different. But uh,
3: but he's a good leader. Was a captain last year. He's back on that side of the the, the ball, and they're they're they've got enough. I think yep. in the trenches to to get it done in the American. All right,
0: you played at the highest level, you won the Heisman Trophy, and now you see what's happening with college football. Ooh. I was talking with Andre Johnson. He was born too early. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was talking with Andre Johnson, and I said, Trey, can you imagine if they had the NIL oh, stuff uh, oh, with the Hurricanes goodness. and the early O's? And I'm thinking about you, you know, having Heisman Trophy success and – I mean, you could have at least parlayed it into some, well, <laughs> some wait a, local sa- wait a second transactions. Though. You would have had to have gotten on Twitter
3: to do that.
0: And you're not on Twitter.
3: You're not on Twitter, so you would
0: have had to make that
1: I'll stance, take all but- of
3: the cents and dollars that I could have <laughs> with not being on Twitter. And that would be just about all right with me. But you would have I- eaten free on campus everywhere. <laughs> that had been okay, too. But I was reading this story about a defensive lineman that's coming out of high school, I think in 23, that's like a man-child. And already, you know, up to upwards of three million in Ooh. NIL money that uh, that's possibly out there, which we know is probably out there
0: already getting there. Yeah,
3: but he's unblockable. Just watching the, the get off tapes. Now, there, what I was watching was not padded practices, mm-hmm. but he's gonna be a, he's gonna be tough yeah. to block.
1: I read where USC is starting its own collective in which every single player at USC will be on salary. Like, there will be a salary. That's for the way that to do it. Someone
3: player. else is doing that too, that just signed a deal, a $3.5 million deal for the whole team. Like that. that, yeah, everybody's going to p- get a, a piece of that. But that I think money. SMU's been doing that but for a when, while. But when it's just individuals, um, I think you run the danger of losing the sport, so to speak. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of envy that will be merged in there players, coaches, all of it. When you use it from a team concept, It seems the right thing to do. I just don't know how um, you'll be able to recruit because some players, let's admit it, they're just selfish as hell. So Mm. they want it all for themselves Mm -hmm. rather than sharing it with their teammates. And parents are selfish too. Mm. That's who's really driving this. Interesting. And so I I don't know that you're going to get a whole lot of what USC is doing across the board. What about
0: conferences?
3: I mean, I'll ask where are we headed, but it's hard to predict. Yeah, I think we're headed to that, that the old words of super conferences, and it's, yeah. they're well on their way. The Big Ten leading the way right now along with the SEC, and uh, both those two are, I think, sitting at 16. They could they could get to wherever whatever number they really wanted to get at. Yeah, it, uh, With all these new TV deals coming up, the rumor having, I guess, a three-network billion-dollar deal for the Big Ten mm-hmm. is they're – Closing in on was I was reading yesterday. It's it's uh it's gonna be tough to compete. I, I don't know for how some you of these feel.
0: schools. It blows my mind. USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. In the Big Ten.
3: What what, what is this? You imagine, you know, at some point whenever volleyball season tips and oh, you gosh. got UCLA flying all the way to Rutgers yeah. for a volleyball game for one night, and yeah. then you got to fly all the well, way back. Well, now that we have NIL, do we you? Do we even care about the word student-athlete no. anymore? What well, I
1: thought was interesting was reading about that move, UCLA, I don't know if USC may have but UCLA in particular said, yo, they asked that question, like, hold up. That exact thing, like, we got a volleyball game in Rutgers. How are we going to do that? That's a long flight, and yeah. then apparently the Big Ten said to them, we're going to make so much money, it won't matter. You're going to be able to charter everybody was essentially the answer. Charter. We have money charter, coming out you're of doing our pores. it. What not, about the tennis team? You're not
3: making very many classes if you're flying commercial. Well, that's true. What to about, about that,
0: the then. tennis team? What about the whoever? Exactly. I,
1: I didn't, I'm didn't. i just telling you that's what UCLA found out from the Big Ten because the Big Ten was saying S- we've got billions of dollars coming from this new TV contract. And
3: scheduling's going to be.
1: Don't sweat it. We'll get you from L.A. to Puscatani <laughs> or wherever Rutgers is. <laughs> Scataway, got, got lost Skataway. trying to get there. Once. Groundhog <laughs> trying to make day. A groundhog
0: oh day, <laughs> Rucker. Sorry, Dre. It's so great to visit. We look forward Always. to kickoff.
3: Always, man, can't wait.
0: There's our visit with Andre Ware, and we will visit with him again on Monday mornings, nine o'clock on Texans Mondays, right after weekend games. Looking forward to that one as John McClain will join us and the rest of the crew as well. Spencer Tillman, it's going to be fun. All right, also fun, catching up with Desmond King on the practice field, and that's what D.P. Sidhu does in this training camp clearinghouse interview. Fun with Des. It's happening next year on Texans Radio. Fun show today already, as we've heard from Andre Ware and, of course, Lovey Smith in our pregame interview. And let's get back to the practice field here for a moment because D.P. Sidhu had a fun visit with former All-Pro Desmond King right after a training camp practice, the Xfinity Deep Slant interview. Let's listen.
4: It's the Deep Slant 101 presented by Xfinity. Joining me, Desmond King, you're two with the Texans. Welcome back. I love the bling. You've got the new 20, the, they're new, right? The new 25 yeah,
5: earrings. brand new, brand new, man. My lady got them for me, actually. So it was a gift.
4: I like them. You can't change your number, but you just say you could get new earrings.
5: No, I can't change my number. <laughs> You're not going to change your number. I won't be able to.
4: Those are very expensive earrings. How has it been six days with pads on, and now you head into game week? You know, what's it been like with the pads on out in camp, sort of getting the chemistry and the communication going out here?
5: Um, It's just a phase, man. This is another phase that we add going into the preseason. And um, we just out here just putting the pieces together. And I feel like, you know, it's all coming along. Like you said, it's, what, day seven? So we got, what, another Day week? eight,
4: but who's counting? Yeah, here? we
5: got less than a week <laughs> now until our first preseason game. So it's good to just come out here, get a look at guys, and watch everybody move around and just put the pieces where they lay.
4: you got a core group of guys that are coming back. You, Tavier Thomas, um, Trayvon Smith, and then you add new players to the mix. But what's it like just having the core group of you guys coming back for a second year with Lovey's defense?
5: Um, just knowing that we know we got guys coming back in the defense that know what it's about. And, you know, you can teach the newcomers, you know about the defense so I mean I feel like that's where we gonna to have to gel everybody together and that's 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 I mean that's what this phase is about training camp it's all about just working out the cranks and, and and getting them all together.
4: What about Steven Nelson you bring in a guy who's a veteran yeah. he's doing a lot of nice things out in practice lately what about his experience just with different teams and different systems how does that really help your group?
5: Yeah just having um I'll say like a, a vet a 10 year 9 year I think this year what 10 for him or 9 one of those um, just having him out there again, like it's just a, it's an extra hand for us, you know. Like like you said, you know, that's bringing in a, a, veteran that's been in multiple systems that can still come here, and learn this system, and then teach the the other younger guys that's up under us.
4: And of course, Derek Stingley. We didn't really see too much of him in OTAs, but he's been out here steadily getting more and more reps. What have you thought about him? I know there's one expectation for rookies, but when you see him out here and with the time he's had, what have you thought about what you've seen so far?
5: Right now, it's just about establishing his him being comfortable on the field, and you know uh, that's you know like you said, rookie, you know coming to a new system, a whole new defense, and you know and him just you know going through those rookie phases. So it's just about him just being on the field and being comfortable right now.
4: All right, you and him, one thing that you have in common, you guys are on the kick return team. You're punt on the punt side. Uh, what's it been like out there just feeling some punts and getting to sort of build on what you just started last year?
5: It feels good, man, and uh, I'm excited this year. I haven't returned a punt return for a touchdown in like uh, three years now. So it's going to be my first actual chance again to get that opportunity. Uh, last year I felt like I had a couple good returns, but this year I got to take them all the way.
4: I was talking to Traymond. We were talking about some of the drills that Frank Ross does. Do you have a favorite drill? He's always, I feel like he's always throwing stuff at you to distract you, but do you have a, a, a favorite uh, drill of his that you
5: like to do? Out it's there? this one drill we do off the uh, return jugs, and it's, I forgot what it's called. It's like whiskey roulette or something like that. <laughs> so he have us catch the ball with our right hand only and then left hand only, and then on, only fingertips. And then he make a spin around. And then it's another one where when the ball is shot, you got to like catch it behind your back. I actually finished that. I'm probably the only one that finished it. So, I was like, that's gotta
4: be yeah, hard. It
5: is. That's probably I think that's probably the most challenging one, but it's it's a favorite for me.
4: Is that just to sort of have your ball awareness like yeah. at full speed or and, and get your ball? Yeah, definitely
5: just about us focusing on the ball. That's what it's really about. Just kinda of locking in on the ball and looking it all the way through.
4: Alright, I was talking to Tavier Thomas the other day. We I know everyone knows that you guys are good friends. So in high school he played quarterback, you played running back. Who was the better high school athlete? In your
5: uh what did he say? I didn't ask him. You ain't not ask him that? I didn't ask him. I should. Yeah, I you probably asking. you probably should ask him that. He came to a lot of my games when <laughs> when he got eliminated out the playoffs. So he
4: did say that you yeah. put you got you your stats were better because you played a lot more games.
5: Nah, nah, nah. I just every time I touched the ball, I scored. So that was a running back thing, offense. That was back in the day. But you should ask him though.
4: I will ask him. All so. right, Desmond,
5: thanks for the time. Appreciate no it. No problem, DP. Thank you.
0: There's DP sitting with Desmond King right off the practice field. All right, this is it, folks. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock, ABC 13. And right here, you're going to hear the Texans take on the New Orleans Saints in the preseason opener. Can't wait. I'll be on the air with John Harris, Andre Ware, of course. We're going to have J. Joe in the booth for a bit in the fourth quarter. He'll be in the booth with the TV guys, Spencer Tillman and Kevin Kugler. In the third quarter tomorrow with Drew Doherty on the sideline. It's going to be fun. Johnny's doing some sideline work on TV. Man, we got a lot of fun stuff going on. It's game day. Some tickets remain. HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app. Have a great night, everybody. Go Texans!